and welcome to the Knock On, Scoreline.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Stephen Bourne and over the next while we're going to talk to former Leinster captain Chris Pym. This week we talk about the new Rainbow Cup fixtures that have been released, Leinster's win over Connacht in their game against Ulster this weekend. We discuss Tyg Furlong's contract renewal, Quinn Roo leaving Connacht and Jack Regan joining the Ospreys. Is Johnny Sexton being wrapped up in cotton wool now having not been selected for the Lions? And we talk about the Summer Internationals against Japan and the USA and how they'll help bring some younger players through. Chris, how are you? Good, yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, um, Chris, we're in a bit of a weird spot. The line selection was the big discussion we had last week. Uh, we discussed all that stuff as well. Now we're back into Rainbow Cup ter- territory. Uh, a bit of a strange competition, end of season stuff. We don't know our arse from our elbow really with it. Um, it's like the Pro 14 continued. Um, but anyway, there's games taking place. We'll watch them. All is good. Um, I suppose we'll start with what's uh, just after happening. Sort of announced the Lencer team to play uh, Ulster. So this is the heard of our Interpros. Um, yeah. Pretty strong team going up there. Yes. I don't see Ed Burns' name on it though and there's no sign of uh, an injury update or anything on him or whether his injury is probably just being rested. But a strong yeah. team. Yeah, strong team. I'll see Mikey Millen there. He's actually on the bench there covering loose heads. So they're obviously giving him a gallop. He's a, he's a good pro- prospect who would have played with uh, Ruben, my middle lad, the whole way up. And uh, he's a, a Burr man. But uh, a good bit of stuff. So nice to see him getting a gallop, or at least to be getting 20 minutes anyway. So that looks good. But yeah, seriously looking strong sides. Uh, Keen Healy, Cronin, Furlong, Bear, James Ryan. Good to see him getting a gallop. Um, Josh Murphy, Van, uh, Josh um, Van der Fleer and Caelan Doris back after a long hiatus. So yeah, look, re- looks really good. Good looking pack there. And uh, plenty of experience in the backs as well. Luke McGrath, Henshaw and Ringrose in the middle, Jordan Larmer, Jimmy O'Brien back from injury after a good while as well. So yeah, strong looking side, that's for sure. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Even a strong strong looking bench as well. So yeah. If you were Ulster you'd be a bit you'd be looking at that going, Oh God. Yeah, well Ulster is quite <laughs> strong as well. So it's actually been an interesting test. So, you know, they're both I wouldn't say full, but pretty close to full. Particularly, I mean, the Ulster back line is, you would have thought, was very close to their full strength bar. Maybe Craig Gilroy is uh, starting on the wing. But outside of that, um, up front, seriously looking, seriously strong looking side. We're certainly very close to what Ulster's strongest side would be. Matty Ray, uh, Reedy and Nick Timoney in the back row with Sam Carter and uh, Henderson in the second row and the starting uh, front row of O'Sullivan, Herring and uh, Marty Moore. So, yeah, look, up front um, will be really interesting. Yeah, be good. Good look. Should be a cracking game. Yeah, and of course, the injury update during the week. Obviously, still no Johnny Sexton. Um, Harry Byrne is still injured, of course. Um, so, Ross is uh, steering the ship from 10. And even Gary Ringrose had a crack at the kick in against Connacht last weekend yes. as well. Such is Leinster's uh, sh- uh, shortness at the, in that position at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah, he was a goal kicker back in the day. Now, I know he, he was, yeah. missed both the kicks he took, did he? <laughs> yeah, he did, but, yeah. um, <laughs> He's ordinarily, certainly, coming through the whole school system, he was fairly prolific. But, uh, yeah, look, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, I was kind of half surprised not to see um, Johnny in there. 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what their approach is now. Is that him wrapped up till September? Yeah. Um, and have they basically told him? I think if somebody has told him, you have no chance to go on the lines, you're not in the picture, that it makes total sense to wrap him up now until September. But if he is still in the frame there, you'd like him to be getting a game or two under his belt. So maybe there's been a conversation there had in this. We won't see him until next season, but yeah, look, um, yeah, interesting call, that's for sure. But that's inside knowledge that we don't have, I'm afraid. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll talk about the summer internationals, Chris, as well, because the yeah. tour was cancelled. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll come back to it. Um, but just looking back to Connacht in the uh, Rainbow Cup last weekend, yeah. uh, if you just switched on <laughs> after after ten minutes, you're like going. What's going on, lads? And uh, you probably would have switched it off and go, oh, well, that's the end of that. And then switch yeah. it back on then a half an hour later and go, is this the same game? I know. Mad, mad It's crazy stuff. stuff. Three, three tries down after 18 minutes and three tries back on the bench, back on the Leinster side within another eight minutes. It was just bizarre stuff. Um, but yeah, look, Leinster were clearly far superior than they absolutely pummeled them up front. And uh, probably butchered a couple of chances even in the second half to the that would have made it even worse. So uh, yeah, it was a bizarre sort of game. You know, I think both sets of certainly defence coaches would be a bit disappointed for sure. And um, although Leicester did tighten up well in the second half, but yeah, it was a it was a slightly bizarre sort of game. All right, it did look like it was going to be a seventy pointer at one stage. But uh, I think Leinster put their took their foot off the bed a little bit, and maybe Connacht got their got their stuff together. But it was uh, yeah a bizarre game for sure. But yeah, maybe sure. that's what this time of year that's what we're going to get. You know, game games are slightly less on the line. Maybe people are a little less focused. So um, yeah, it was actually quite into the one. I suppose the one. Positive, I would have taken out of it from a uh, Connacht point of view was getting your man Papalihi a gallop. He looks like a serious bit of stuff, doesn't he? Oh, he's an animal. Yeah. He was he an absolute classic, animal last week. Classic Pacific Islander. Yeah. He just loves running over people. So haven't seen one of them up in this neck of the woods for a long time. So it was, uh, yeah, that was interesting. But I suppose keeping him on the pitch is a big challenge. I think was sent off twice this year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yes, so no. that comes with a health warning as well. Yeah, exactly, um, it's yeah. great watching them knocking fellas over, even if they're in a yeah. blue jersey. It's just it's entertainment. That's you yeah, know, yeah. it's that raw rugby thing. Um, yeah. yeah, no, he was brilliant, um, and he really made a difference for them as well. He, he you no, know, he created really, gaps and everything really, for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah no question. Um, yeah, strange match. Leinster could have had more tries, like you said. Dave Carney um, had a bit of a run up the field, a little one-two, one-two, and the uh, ball was knocked out of his hand and uh, knocked on at the last minute, um, which was would have put Leinster up even more as well. But just you could see a bit of fire in Gary Ringrose's eyes as well uh, on the night after not being included in the lines. Um, you know, a lot of those lads were mad to get stuck into work well after that first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, look, Gary was good, certainly in the second half. He came to life and did a lot of damage. So, uh, but yeah, look, he's a class act. And as I think we discussed last week, I'd had him on the plane to uh, South Africa, to be fair. So, and look, there's a bit of mileage between now and then. So, who knows? I'd say he's fairly close. Although Henry Slade probably feeling the same. So, it'll be interesting to see. 
what uh, what happens uh, there. So yeah. Um, so the Rain, Rainbow Cup, Chris. Uh, so after this weekend's clash with Ulster Leinster, we're back on June the fourth, which is a good few weeks away. Uh, they're heading to Scotland to play Glasgow, and then they'll play the Dragons. And after that, um, and that's sort of it is all we know so far with it. The South African teams will do their own thing, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's all a bit weird. Yeah, it's all a bit weird, and I suppose there would have been a bit of excitement if we'd had the whole South African piece uh, if they were going to join the join the jigsaw. But I think, given COVID and stuff, uh, that's obviously been put on the the back burner for this year. So it'll be yeah. Look, it, it's obviously forthcoming attractions. They'll be part of the part of the gig next year. So hopefully, but I think, given the year that was in it and whatever, it's a chance for guys. Maybe wouldn't have got a lot of game time during the season to maybe get some game time now. So, yeah, look, it's uh, it's a long year, and I think particularly I was just looking there. If you're a lion, um, you're not coming back till the middle of August, and the season actually starts in Ireland in the middle of August. You're literally rolling from one season into another. So, hopefully, the guys that go on that trip will get a will get a good long break because I know there hasn't been fans at the matches, but there has been a lot of rugby. And uh, so I think making sure they get sufficient break, I think, is probably going to be the biggest challenge now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with a bit of business done with the IRFU during the week, we were all waiting on it, wondering, but Tyke Furlong got his one-year contract and then in an interview says, well, they actually offered me more. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that, Chris? A bit, is it a bit of a yeah, worry? I'd, yeah, I don't really know on the basis that he'd clearly had an offer from somewhere and he was holding that over them. Um, probably quite a big offer so at least he's left the window open next year to either pursue that offer um, or you know obviously put pressure back on the RFU to interrupt their offer but I suppose that like anything given where he's come from with his injury profile to stay sound and be in a position where you can have that conversation, it shows a certain amount of confidence from his point of view that he has the durability required to stay sound and to uh, maintain his position as clearly one of the top tight heads in world rugby. So, yeah, I think it's a brave call. But as I say, you're, you know, you are exposing yourself to one bad injury. Um, but look, I think given where his age is and his age profile and his own actual playing profile, um, it's a ballsy thing to do, but possibly the right thing to do. So, yeah, it's yeah. good. Everything good is all over the shop anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, With exactly. COVID yeah. and finances. And the RFU offered uh, money that would have been on the table wouldn't have been what was available probably 12 months ago. So yeah. he's probably hedging, saying, look, we'll see where the union is in 12 months' time. And, you know, he'll make them pay in inverted commas uh, next year when hopefully there's a few more quid in the kitty or else other clubs have more more money in the kitty and it can go off and explore other options. So yeah, I think it's probably the right call. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll keep going back to it. Uh, is uh, Peter O'Mahony's two-year contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Some yeah. people still can't believe that. And, yeah. and that's sorry, I keep, I'll keep reminding listeners, I love um, Peter O'Mahony. He's a fantastic player um, for Munster and Ireland and that. But just in terms of the COVID and everything and contract negotiations, two-year deal is an incredible piece of business. Yeah, and I think the other piece around that was that there is so many good back rowers in the system. 
that you know for him to push it out to two years was was an extraordinary piece of business but um an interesting actually one during the week there this um jack regan has uh, signed for ospreys haven't had his stint with the highlanders in new zealand and uh so he's made certainly the made the best best of a bad lot having been let go by leinster and by ulster ending up in new zealand and playing super rugby out there so it was a fantastic shop window for him and he's in a reverse kind of way ended up getting himself uh, a nice gig there in ospreys and you know i think Osprey setup will have improved now with um certainly with uh, Mike Ruddock on board there as well. And uh, you know, he'll have guys like Alvin Jones and that kind of stuff in in there supporting him and teaching him how to perfect his craft. So I think it's yeah, it's a good move for him and uh was exciting to see him uh, come through from it was it was really great to see him come through in New Zealand. Um but then, obviously, to get the opportunity back this side of the world, I think, uh, fair play to him. Actually worked with his dad, would you believe, uh, 20 years ago. His dad was a bit of a celeb as well. Yeah. The old uh, hurling. hurling yeah, Dahi uh, Regan, folks, for for, yeah. for those not acquainted with the GA side yeah. of things, Dahi Regan, the awfully star son, um, yeah. playing a different code. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and no, excelling at it. Yeah, he has absolutely. Yes, nice to see him back in the Pro 14, 15, 16 um, next season um, and just get a proper look at him then when we come up against him as well. Um, Another bit of uh, news, uh, Quinn Roo is finishing up with Connacht and there's talk of him going to Toulon. um, So that would end his involvement with the Irish team in that as well. It's a bit of a strange one, I think. Um, There was some rumours circulating that he didn't want to leave. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Toulon, I mean, in the past certainly would have been seen as a big money club. Um, they're certainly kind of mid-division now. They wouldn't have been the force they were uh, back when they were busy winning Heineken Cups for fun. But, um, so, but yeah, look, they've clearly, he's clearly got a better offer there or he's got an offer that um, Connacht weren't prepared to match. So, and I believe I read there just uh, that he's keeping his house in Galway and the family are going to stay there. So that's interesting. That's uh, very that interesting. He's obviously yeah. going to go away, just play for the year, but he's clearly happy from a, a lifestyle point of view to stay and bring his kids up in Galway. So, yeah, I mean, your point that he obviously maybe looked to stay. And um, again, I suppose guys like Ryan Baird and stuff coming through, they felt there wasn't the same need to, to keep guys like him. So... Um, look, he's coming towards the twilight of his career as well. If there's an opportunity away to to double your money or whatever it might be, he'd be foolish not to take it. Yeah, absolutely. A fantastic man to have behind you in a scrum as well. Serious power um, with Quinn Roo. Um, and did did himself um, justification as well. He's a good player in the in the Six Nations and everything as well. It was quite quite good in that too um, and speaking Chris we're talking of Johnny Sexton earlier and um, we're going to talk about the summer internationals now that have been confirmed yeah. and the reason why I was going to link it with the Johnny Sexton thing is you reckon Johnny be wrapped in cotton wool from here on till the new season is there any chance he might feature in these games and just to let listeners know they're in July so the 3rd of July Ireland will play Japan in the Aviva and on the 10th they'll play the USA um, instead of the tour to Fiji I think it was yeah, um, yeah so no no chance we might see Johnny out in those well I don't really know I'm not sure so the one thing about the internationals is I think he's on 99 caps 
So, um, but then would he rather make his 99th cap against Japan, the USA, or in the game in Lansdowne Road when the, his adoring fans are all there? So, but then he's taking the risk that, you know, he might get there. So, yeah, look, yep. it, I suppose there'll be a conversation had somewhere along the line that it's going to be his 100th cap and, you know, I suppose it. I don't know whether it'll come down to his call or not. I presume it won't. But I would have thought, given that he's the Irish captain, he'd be he might be part of the conversation. So, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see. But as I say, I think he's on ninety nine caps, so he might be keen just to get to the hundred, just in case he doesn't get there or isn't yeah, there absolutely. next year. So it's a risk. It's a risk that um, might not be worth taking. So. Yeah, and it's a long wait till the Six Nations in February against Wales. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a fair, yeah, well, fair bit around. There'll be, autumn, there'll be autumn internationals anyway, won't there? So, you might yeah, not, nothing confirmed yet, yet Chris, but fingers crossed, yeah, because we might have crowds back at that stage as well, yeah. even if they're, you know, two, five, ten thousand, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, we're heading that direction, all right. So, the uh, July games is Japan and USA. Um, but the big thing about this, it's a big opportunity for Andy Farrell to go, right, let's see who we have. Let's look down our twos, threes, fours, fives and sixes in terms of yeah. depth. Um, see who we have and, and throw these lads into the international limelight and see what happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. A great opportunity. And I I would imagine he'll jump at it with both hands. Uh, you know, he'll take three or four of the senior pros or maybe five or six and then sprinkle sprinkle the the younger potential across the rest of the team so i would imagine guys like casey and yeah. um you know would expect to see them getting bared those kind of guys would all get a gallop and then you know it might be an opportunity to look underneath that with guys like balakoon or somebody like that from ulster um it's got penny them on, on an international stage so yeah yeah, your own Scott Penny could line out in the green and as well. Scott Penny, jeez, I nearly forgot to mention. Scott yeah, Penny. I know. <laughs> you can't, you can't do a podcast and not mention Scott Penny. No, well, there you go. So he, he's not in the twenty-three today, so um, we don't get an excuse to talk about him. But now we've mentioned him, so yeah, we'd love to see him get a gallop in. Uh, but then you have a queue, you have a queue there with Josh and with Will Connors and whatever so it's going to be tough but yeah look it'd be a great opportunity love to see him getting a gallop and we'll keep an eye on that one that's for sure yeah yeah absolutely um oh god chris it's amazing to think that the depth of back rows that even at leinster um but across yeah. the country as well it's pretty crazy stuff it'll also yeah. give andy a chance to confirm to himself and the management team players that were on the fringes if they're good enough to come through or whatever as well um John Cooney is good enough to come through. There's been plenty of talk about that. Um, Luke McGrath is hanging around on the fringes as well. Um, but they'll probably get a chance in these as well. Just to, I don't know, reaffirm, uh, just to justify themselves, I suppose, to Andy Farrell and why they should be sort of considered higher up the list as well. Those type of players. Yeah, no, well, obviously, Connor will be out of the loop. So you'll have, um, I should put, well, it'd be interesting to see what happens to Gibson Park because he's technically ahead of both of them. Then you've Craig Casey, and then you've decide whether Luke McGrath or Cooney or who is who is next. You have Marmion, who now can't get into the uh, the Connacht side. So it's there is actually a queue of of nines who are all at a very similar level. It would be very, you're literally doing 
you know, pick and mix as to who you would lob in there. I suppose the one thing that Casey has going for him is one, his game is a little bit different, and two, he's he's only a young pup, and that you know the benefits and bringing him on, you would have thought would outweigh playing someone like Gibson Park, who I think is thirty. Um, so you know, I think it would definitely put him in pole position. But as regards the next best scrum half, I would have thought Luke McGrath was on fire for the last month and has been really, really excellent and incredibly accurate. Um, given, with the exception of La Rochelle, which didn't necessarily go his way, but I don't think, I don't think he could put the blame in his door for that. There was just slow ball and stuff, and didn't really yeah. get the opportunity that they would have had up to that. So, if we were to do a kind of depth chart at the moment, I would have probably went number two, Casey, number three, McGrath, and then whatever you're having yourself, Gibson. Insert Park, name here. Cooney. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so look, that's kind of where we're at there. But I don't know. Obviously, Andy Farrell sees something in Gibson Park that he doesn't see in McGrath. And, look, he gets to pick the team. So, it will be his choice at the end of the day. But certainly, I think Luke can be very impressed with the, the season he's had this year. I think he's unlucky not to have added to his international caps. Absolutely. It's good as well that Andy is around for the international yeah. during the summer as well, that he's not on the Lions tour. It just gives a bit more momentum going into, like you said, the autumn internationals possibly, and then the Six Nations the year after as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, any more thoughts on the Lions selections after last week? Have you sort of mulled any more of it yeah, over? No, or? I mean, I don't know where you saw the, the uh, clip there with Kyle Sinclair at the weekend yeah. where he didn't get selected and you know, I, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, it kind of just shows how much it means to guys to get the trip. And I think, you know, I'm not saying he absolutely should have been there, but, um, you know, I think it's great that guys care that much and they so desperately want to be a part of something. And obviously he was on the last tour and was a big part of that tour. It was a starting, um, or sorry, he was coming off the bench, wasn't he, behind Ty? Yeah. But, um, you know, he was very much part of the match day squad and he's clearly very upset that he, he didn't make it so uh, but look I think that only adds to the whole um, the aura of it all yeah. being a lion the aura that's the word I was looking yeah. for the aura of it all and being a part of that so yeah look, it's great I'm sure just looking forward to it uh, rolling around it won't be long now yeah, absolutely. There was a bit in the papers during the week as well that the South African government could come under a bit of pressure to let some fans in um, as well too, just to make it a thing um, and just to even make a bit of money off it as well. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't see that, yeah. Yeah, but, the British uh, yeah, newspapers were carrying that. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the, good, the other bonuses as well are that they're looking at the Japan game um, being on terrestrial TV as well. I think it's going to be on Channel 4. And yeah. uh, there's one of the other warm-up games, I think, as well. So, you know, that'll help. I think it'll help the overall um, occasion as well and will add to the importance of the of the, of Absolutely. The We're looking forward to plonking ourselves in front of it when we can anyway, Chris, whether it's live or recorded or on our phones or on our desktops yeah. or whatever it is. Um, yeah, not long to wait now for that to happen. Um, Chris, Pim, thanks a million for talking to us on the knock-on, as better. always. Every week, um, we're here every single week, available on all uh, uh, on air on the Scoreline Show at the weekends, and also available online as well on Scoreline.ie, Spotify, and all the uh, streaming um, places where you find your streams and your podcasts. Thanks, Chris.
Pleasure. That was former Leinster captain Chris Pym. I'm Stephen Byrne and that's it from the Knock on Rugby podcast on scoreline.ie. Don't forget to visit scoreline.ie for more on rugby and of course if you're into your GAA we've got the Clash Act, we've got all things MMA and lots more. Talk to you soon.